Welcome to Tilt Talks. My name is Adam Roberts, and I'm the producing artistic director of Tilt Performance Group, a theater company I co-founded in 2013 with a mission to shatter disability stereotypes through inclusive theater. Throughout the upcoming seasons of this podcast, I'll be chatting with company members, staff, volunteers, and community partners about their stories and what Tilt means to them. This is Tilt Talks, shattering disability stereotypes one episode at a time. Welcome, everyone, to our latest installment of Tilt Talks. My name is Adam Roberts, and I am the co-founder and the producing artistic director of Tilt. And I am extremely excited to be here today with my good friend and colleague, James Burnside. How are you doing today, James? I am good. I am good. Well, I'll tell you, any day that I get the chance to talk to you is a good day because I learn so much from you. I appreciate everything that you do for and with Tilt. And I'd love to delve in and ask you the first question, which is, I know you came to Tilt initially as a board member, correct? But I'm not exactly sure how that all happened. So could you talk a little bit about that? It's Toby's fault. It's Toby's fault. Toby Altrabulsi, our company Um, member. Yes, yes. And and a close friend of mine. Um, I met Toby at a ScriptWorks event. Uh, I'm on the board of ScriptWorks as well. And, you know, he, he, if you meet Toby, you know he's disabled. There's no doubt in your mind. Um, and I'm a board member. We, this was a, the annual meet and greet. Uh, there were lots of people there. I knew some I didn't know. I usually work the room as my lovely bride has taught me to do. Uh, you know, shake hands, introduce myself, ask people what they're working on or what they're doing or how they're, you know, making friends, uh, trying to make friends with as many of these people, let them know that, you know, we appreciate them being part of ScriptWorks. But I kept on this particular day, I kept going back to Toby. He was, he's just such a funny, intelligent, interesting human being. And so I kept going back to him and finally, you know, at that time, you know, I, I've been designated a disabled vet for a long time, but I didn't really think of myself as disabled. But I told Toby I was a disabled vet, and he gave my name to um, the board chair and and uh, Gail, who was at that time running the our CEO, CFO, whatever she was, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Executive director of Tilt, not of ScriptWorks at the time, right? Right, of Tilt. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and um, they said, could we interview you? To be, and I said, oh, sure, I'd love to talk to you. I had a suspicion they were gonna ask me to join the board. I didn't know for sure, we met. Um, and and they asked me to join the board and I said, well, yeah, sure. You know, um, I didn't, yeah, I'm glad to, go ahead. 
And that's been several years ago now, right? Because this is, I believe this is your second term as a board member. Is that right? Yeah, I think I run out maybe at the end of this year. No. <laughs> it's not going to change the way I interact with Tilt, other than I won't have to go to boring board meetings. Anymore. There you go. That's right. <laughs> Who has ever in the world known an exciting board meeting, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, um, so... Well, Toby, you know, he's been one of our company members since almost the very beginning. I think he had joined us in Free to Be You and Me, which is our was our second production uh, at Tilt. And now we're over 20, I believe, which is really crazy to think. But um, I'm just, just so thrilled that it seems like Tilt begets more and more awesome people into the family based on the people who are part of it already. And Toby's a great example of someone who's always been an awesome tilt evangelist and going out there and spreading the good news and getting people to know about tilt and bringing them into the fold. So couldn't be more thrilled that you're one of those folks. Yes. I, it's Toby's fault. It's Toby's fault. We always say there's going to be a t-shirt. It's Toby's fault. <laughs> I'm sure Toby's listening right now. <laughs> So James, when you got into a tilt board meeting and we were still fairly young then, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, we're still fairly young, right? We're like eight years old now. But when you got into the tilt world, what surprised you? What were things that, that you know, came up at board meetings or that you sort of observed in productions or getting to know our company members? What, what sorts of things were surprising to you? I was, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and, you know, I, the, the first production I really helped with was um, Flipside Redux. Flipside Redux. Mm -hmm. you, you asked me to help with um, a de devising a work, um, which I'd never done before and was kind of scared of <laughs> and uh but that was so much fun um i got to know the company you know i'd met most of the company members i'd been to all the shows i'd seen them i knew who they were i'd gone backstage you know after the production and said hi i'm on the board you guys are great um but to actually get to know them and to know who they are was just enlightening to me um and then i you know i i besides devising the piece i then helped backstage with with uh, uh costume changes because there were several costume changes and i got to change toby several oh there times. you go full circle <laughs> full circle and you know, I already, you know, Toby and I were already buddies. We hung out together, but there was a level of intimacy with helping him change clothes that was new to me. And seeing how all, all the people backstage interacted and helped and um, that was, you know, this was my first experience with any kind of theater company. Mm-hmm. This it was more than a company. It's in many ways a family. Um, you know, Ms. Boy calls it her tribe, and it's now my tribe. Yes. Yes. Uh, Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. A tribe. And I've also realized 
I'm disabled. Um, you know, my disability is the one the, the Air Force talks about is fairly trivial. You know, I have hearing aids these days. I'm actually planning to figure out how I can bling them so that they're not <laughs> invisible. I don't want to have an invisible disability. I want it to be visible. I want people to know I'm a disabled human being. There you go. If I could put lights and bells on it, I would. Um, I'll bet we can arrange that as a theater company. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, you know, I'm disabled. And, but I've also, the past two years, since COVID started, I began writing a play with ArtSpark. Initially, we wanted to do an ADA retrospective. Mm. But Crip Camp arrived. And Crip Camp is so amazing and so wonderful. And we didn't see any point in trying to compete with that. You know, if you want to know how the ADA happened, see Crip Camp. There's okay. nothing there's no, nothing better than that. I couldn't, I couldn't create anything that was as good as that. So, but I'd been started doing research on the history of disability in the United States. And it would be so easy to turn that into a horror show. What but do I don't you mean want to by that? The, the, the way people with disabilities, particularly people with de developmental disabilities, have been treated in this country is, is shocking. And I mean, there, there are lots of, you know, Geraldo Rivera became a big name because he went to an asylum in upstate New York, snuck in and took films of what was going on. And it was shocking and horrifying, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. This has been going on since, well, in, in Texas, since 1859, when the Austin State Hospital was built. At that point, it was the Texas State Insane Asylum. And, but they, it wasn't just for people with mental illness. It was for people with all kinds of disabilities who were locked up there. And I say locked up because they were locked up. Now, the, the, the idea behind the asylums in this country was beautiful and wonderful. Open space, light, healthy food, some work to do to be productive. But so rapidly, all these places became so overcrowded and understaffed with a lack of people who understood what they were trying, who, who didn't understand the model and couldn't possibly do the model, given the number of people they had to just watch and try to keep healthy and, you know, provide meals for and clean up their, clean up the messes for. It just disintegrated into a nightmare in many of these places. And um, so I've written a play that's just about complete. That's basically a history of institutionalization of people with disabilities. 
from eight from the beginning when it began with Dorothea Dix in the 1840s to 2021. And wow. But it's revealed to it's revealed to me that I am not, you know, I was abused badly by the school system as a child. And I think it's because I was probably should have been put in a category that exists these days, ADHD, autistic, I don't know what, I, I, you know, and it doesn't matter at this point. I'm not going to go and find out. I don't care. Um, but instead of being abused, I probably should have been put in what they call special education. Sometimes too, you know, that was not for the really smart kids. And I'm, I was a really smart kid, but I didn't know how to sit still. I didn't know how to behave. I was picked on by teachers and students because I was weird. You know, I found out it was, you know, it was how I ended up sitting with the girls because they didn't pick on me. You know, the girls were my friends. I hung out with the, you know, and starting in third grade, I started hanging out with the girls and all my friends were the girls. And which doesn't help your image any <laughs> with the boys in the class. You got cooties then. I had cooties. Of course, naturally yes. cooties, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think that you bring up a, a point that is, has become really salient in, in some and maybe more than some of our company members' experiences with Tilt that they've shared, which is that perhaps some folks came into Tilt with some level of experience or of even identification in some ways as being disabled. And I would never have guessed that sort of, you know, starting a theater company would, would, I don't know what the word is, broaden maybe, um, and create more breadth and depth of, of knowledge of, of that experience for an individual which is is really interesting, um, you know, and and it doubly fulfilling in in terms of being, you know, someone who was able to found something that is that is doing that work, even if it was not one of the original sort of intentions behind the founding. I have a uh, vision, a, a progressive vision disorder myself, and it's very interesting because I completely identify with what it is that you're saying. I am fairly functional in terms of most of the things I can do really the only thing that it that it totally prevents me from doing at this point because it's progressed to the point where I can't drive as you know um but I have learned so much about blindness and vision and visual culture and uh you know living with uh, various visual and uh, disabilities through my time at Tilt that I have come to identify in some ways with my own vision disorder in a very um, different way, in a way that has more breadth and more depth. And I thank all of our folks in our community for that because it's something that I had not, you know, experienced in that same way in the past. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I know that you, James, at the beginning of the pandemic, we really said, hey, we need to find a way that Tilt can meet online virtually. Um, and, you know, we thought that that might be a couple times a week. And very quickly, that ballooned into, 
having a class every single day, an hour long class. And one of the very first offerings that we had was you leading a writer's group and a writing class on Fridays. And that class, I think, is the only class that has stayed consistent throughout throughout all of what we now call Tilt U, our education branch. Can you talk a little bit about what it's been like to lead that class every Friday? Um, daunting for me personally, because I have to think of something to, for people to do every week. And... I'm, I'm not a teacher. Um, I'm, I'm a writer. That's what I do. So fortunately, there are lots of great writers out there with lots of ideas, and I steal from them liberally about how to teach this class. Um, and, you know, so that's how I've survived. But there's also been such growth in some of these people. and and. Kristen is the perfect example. Kristen Gooch, our company member. Kristen Gooch wrote three scenes for our upcoming production. And I did little or nothing beyond formatting. Um, because and they're she, great scenes. They are great scenes. They are great scenes. They didn't need me to diddle with them. You know, they just needed me to format them so that they were what this company needed. And it was so thrilling for me to just see that, wow, you know, and we were all, Kristen, Kristen hadn't written dialogue. She'd written a lot of stuff and she's a great poet, but she hadn't written dialogue and dialogue is different. Dialogue is choppy and abrupt and you know but she nailed it she nailed it and you know i if nothing else ever comes out of what i did the last year and a half or so that's enough that's enough right there and I mean, it is when I saw those scenes that Kristen wrote for The Secret Guardian, which is our upcoming production, uh, opens on December 4th, virtually online uh, on our website. You know, it's an adaptation of The Secret Garden. And Kristen, this is our very first um, playwriting mentorship and apprentice sort of situation. And we hope that that's something that's going to continue for all of our original work, because I think James... You know, Kristen has said that she may not necessarily have identified um, strongly as a playwright in the past. And now, thanks to the work of the Friday Writers Group and then your mentorship through this uh, this project of, of writing for The Secret Guardian, she really has blossomed into that playwright. And it's so well, incredible. Well, calling what I did a mentorship is... is <laughs> all I did was say, Kristen, how's it going? A couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Project manager. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, just uh, you know, because I, I, she just needed a little poke. Sure. I, I know that writing is just can be just painful. It can be a struggle, and sometimes you just need a little poke to say, "You okay? You in there? You thinking?" Because you know, but you know, so I, I, I was a golfer, and there are days when you're playing golf when you're not very good 
when you don't have your best stuff. And there's a term for a golfer who doesn't have his best stuff, but still gets a good score and they call them grinders. Grinders. And I try to think of myself as a writer, as a grinder, that on the days, even I don't have my best stuff, I can grind out something. And I don't know whether Christian ground this out, but uh, I was so impressed. She's a grinder. Same She's part here. of the team. She is. She is so part of the team. And I have one last question for you. And that is, I know that you are taking a class right now online, and I believe it's through the Dramatist Guild. Is that correct? Correct. And could you tell us a little bit about that class? Because I know you said it involves disability themes in some way. Anita is that right? Hollander. You know who Anita Hollander is? Yes. Anita Hollander is leading the class. Incredible. Uh, yes, she's incredible. Um, she's a woman with a disability. She's been an actor. And for many years, she's had a disability. She lost, I, I don't think she'd mind saying she lost a leg um, many years ago as she was rehearsing for a production. Um, she had her, she, her leg was amputated. And four weeks later, she was on stage in the production she was working on. Wow. I can't even imagine it. No. Um, and she has continued to go on stage. Sometimes she uses an artificial leg. Sometimes she doesn't. Um, she, but she's also turned to writing. And um, we are reading some wonderful plays. at. Uh, in a book called, oh my heavens, it's a, it's a book of disability plays. If you want to, I can look it up, but it would take a few seconds. And we'll link to it in the description. There you go. Um, and they have wonderful introductions to the pieces. Um, it's about, you know, there's about 20 pieces in the book. Uh, one of them is by Anita. Um, and they're just, they talk about various aspects of disability, uh, gender issues, uh, race issues, and disability. Um, and, and, and sometimes they speak about them in very direct ways, and sometimes they speak about them in sort of just let them be there. Um, and, you know, I've written a, a bunch of work for my friends in Tilt. Um, and so I'm glad to be part of this, to hear this, to know that I'm not by myself. There's a bunch of people in the class and um, it's just been a thrill. Well, it has been a thrill to talk with you today, James, and a thrill to be able to call you a colleague. I am just so grateful as for many reasons to Toby that we were able to link up and sync up and have you be part of tilt. I hope that that will be a lifelong endeavor and a lifelong collaboration, because I think that I've seen so much growth in not only our company members, but in myself in the way that all of us think, thanks to your presence and commentary and, and, you know, leadership. And I just couldn't be more grateful for you. I, Adam, you're an amazing human being. I feel honored to know you. Your hard work and 
the way you've led this company, created and led this company is awesome. There are not that many, there are a few other companies in this country, but I don't know that they do the kind of work we do. This, well, it's amazing. I sure do appreciate it. And, and truly the feeling is, is mutual. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing your work at ArtSpark as well. For those who may be listening from outside of the Austin area, ArtSpark is another uh, disability-focused arts nonprofit uh, here in Austin, led by Celia Hughes, who's a good friend and 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 amazing. And Ms. Boy is actually uh, on staff with ArtSpark as well, our Tilt U coordinator. So lots of crossover there, and lots I'm excited excited to see your to see your work there and to continue to see all that you're doing, James. Next summer. Next summer. All right. At, at ground floor. Wow, at Ground Floor. Okay. Well, we're going to be looking forward to it. Ground Floor Theater, another great collaborator with Tilt. We are very fortunate and grateful to have all these Lisa amazing Shep people. Lisa Shep is an amazing human being. Lisa and Patty, both Patty. of them. Just really and Patty, incredible. Patty is wonderful. Yeah. I'm- Couldn't agree more. Thank you, James, for taking this time today to talk with me. And we look forward to coming at you again next month with another episode of Tilt Talks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tilt Talks and special thanks to Riley Wesson for editing today's installment. Catch you next time.